Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Action fanatics, welcome to our WrestleMania edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and Chad, we have got Ryan Campbell back with us. Ryan, welcome back to the Bulletproof Podcast. It is good to be back. It's been a while, fellas. Uh, no one, no one invites me to these things anymore. Well, I think Chad was in charge of invites for uh, 2022. Well, that seems like a poor decision making on your on your side because. You shouldn't put me in charge of anything, Brian. You know that. I know that to be true. But last time you did get us a, a special guest, uh, and we talked the Batman. That's true. Uh, and I, I know you've gotten some. Uh, fee- I think Cap's been uh, promoting it more than you do. He has been. He's doing a great job at it, and and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from from his people and from his side. Uh, uh, he's told me about it. I don't know who the people are, but they like our podcast, so they seem like good people to me. Yeah. If you like it, you listen. We love you. Side uh, note: did You guys catch the Joker deleted scene that went up on YouTube this week from the Batman. Indeed, I, I, I did not see it. I did see that talk about it, but I did not see it. I heard it was redundant to kind of what actually made the film. Is that true? Um, I would I would say it's not necessary to the story of the film, but it was a good scene between the two of them, and kind of establishes that there's actually a history there that we didn't see in. Yeah, I like. I think I liked it better as a Joker debut than the weird kind of thing they put at the end of the film. Spoiler alert! But yeah, check it I, out. It's I, like five minutes long, so I, I see why they cut it because it's five minutes long. The yeah. movie was almost three hours, but it's good. I watched it uh, yesterday, I think, and then I just rewatched it about twenty five minutes ago just to see if I missed anything. And and yeah, it, like you said, it, it didn't really have a place in the film, I don't think, but it it feels cool to know that. Uh, not every time you see a villain, is it like the first time they've done any crime? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it seems like a lot of these movies, you see the origin of the criminal and in this world, there's already people who are in prison. And they kind of, and they kind of alluded to that, whatever facial scarring I'm assuming from falling into a vat of acid is on the Joker here that Batman even had something to do with that. Cause he almost seems somewhat like contrite in the scene about what he did to him. So I don't know. I'm just yeah. going to come inferring that, but it was interesting. Give it a watch. It, he does say the one, our one year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, at the very mm. beginning. So yeah, it's cool. I enjoyed it. I, I will have to check that out. You talked about feedback, Chad Cruz. Well, we asked our Twitter followers at Bulletproof pod to vote on what we'll be talking about here on our special WrestleMania edition. You know, we, we tried to do a little something special on WrestleMania week each and every year. So we threw up four movies featuring four past WrestleMania main eventers. And I, it was a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be in some cases. And then other cases, something got totally blown away, which was kind of predictable. But yeah. you never know. 
But yeah, the results of our fan poll, we had The Condemned, which was what we'll be talking about, starring Stone Cold Steve Austin with 33% of the vote. But right behind it was The Rundown, starring The Rock at 30%. Uh, Back in Action with Rowdy Roddy Piper at 26%. And then The Hulkster, dead last, with The Ultimate Weapon, 11%. So thank you, all of you who voted and did not want us to talk about Ultimate Weapon, because I know, Chad Cruz, you had no desire to watch that movie. (laughs) No, I haven't seen it in many years, and I'm, I'm hoping to keep it that way. I'm going to keep that streak alive for a while. I remember Brother Brudai shows up in there, and it was very exciting. Of course he uh, does. Of, yeah, and that's what I'm like. When I was watching it, I'm like, how did he not get his boy a, a, a job here? And then I'm like, oh, there you go. Everything's right in the Hulkster world when oh, I yeah. saw that. So, yeah, thank you again. And again, if you're not following us on Twitter, you should do so at Bulletproof Pod because you never know when we're going to throw a poll up there where you can control some of the content on this program. And of course, if you're not on Twitter, you can also follow us on Instagram at Bulletproof Action and on Facebook also at Bulletproof Action. But before we get into our show chat, I want to uh, give a shout out to our fellow Geekscapists, $2 Late Fee. They've been doing their martial arts madness, which I... That's a tongue twister. Martial arts madness, yeah. But, you know, I'll give it to... I I love the... uh, I love a good theme and that's a good theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just had an interview with uh, Jeff Speakman, which I wa- uh, watch. You can watch it or listen to it, whichever mm-hmm. format you'd like to. I listened to it the other day. Fantastic interview. He does confirm that uh, Mariska Hargitay did have lines in the perfect weapon. Cause remember when we covered that, mm-hmm. I said, what is this woman doing? Just stealing a paycheck. Like she's King Kong Bundy. I mean, she didn't do nothing. She's she just, lovely. She, she just, yeah, she looked good, but it's like, did you, did you even need her in this movie? She just, she's just stealing money. Uh, but she did have more of a part, more lines. But to Speakman's point, he was allowed to edit the fight scenes, but had nothing to do with like the rest of the movie. So, okay. um, and you know, and just some real inspirational stuff from Speakman too, which, you know, when you think about his life and, you know, practically, you know, he had the cancer diagnosis that, that'll change your life for sure. And the fact that he was able to come out of that, you know, gives him a different perspective than most people. Uh, so definitely uh, a great listen or watch again, whichever you prefer with Jeff Speakman. And as we're recording this, we're just a few days. Well, as you're hearing this, it's already out. They're going to be interviewing Don, the dragon Wilson as well. What a month. Yeah. That's a, that's a good rundown for them, for them for this month already. And like you said, that's a cool gimmick to, to have for this month. And you know what, you could, you could bring out interviews like that any month and it's going to be good. So good on them. So yeah, definitely thought some of our listeners would definitely be interested in those programs over there at $2 late fee. And for more on $2 late fee, we'll take a quick break hear from them. And then we'll be back with our discussion about the condemned. Hi friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. All right, Action Finex, we are back. And again, we are talking The Condemned. This one released on April 27th, 2007. And Chad, a lot of people 
consider this one to be the best WWE film of them all. I know the only other one that's usually a contender is the one we covered last year, which was the Marine. What, what say you, Chad? Uh-oh. Steve Weiser oh, just yeah. got popped open. Steve Weiser just got popped open. Broken Skull Ranch IPA. <laughs> American Logger. You know... You can't uh, you can't disagree with them because I think that as far as WWE films go, there's not a whole lot of winners in that right. in that group. And and we talked about the Marine last year, and and we all kind of enjoyed that upon a re, upon the rewatch. And I don't think I loved it when it first came out, but I, I I appreciate it now more than I ever did. And I think the same is with with the Condemned. It's uh, you can't go wrong with Stone Cold Steve Austin as a hero, and, and I think that uh, this is the kind of the perfect film to to bring him out. Uh, into the world as an action star and and whether it's kind of stuck after you know the last 15 years is is up for debate but yeah this is a good one this is probably one of their betters and and i think this is probably the film that most captured the essence of stone cold steve austin uh you know that's i think where he did not translate as much as the rock it's hard i think it's just hard to capture that i don't know What, what do you think ryan yeah, absolutely. I mean, within the first, you know, three minutes of when he shows up in the movie, just seeing him get to drop an F-bomb is amazing. Like, there's such <laughs> a payoff to all the years of watching him, you know, flip people off and kind of do what he had could do on USA Network on Raw. But when he gets to drop an F-bomb within the first three minutes, you're like, that's awesome. That's stone cold. Like, yeah. getting to do what he gets to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just it plays directly into him, him getting to be the badass, him and early on in the film, they establish him as a badass. You know, he's a badass. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the range that the rock has to, to do so many different things and just live off of his kind of chemistry and, and kind of personality, but dialed into what he does here and what stone cold is. Uh, it's, it's a perfect role for him. And you know, you get to see stone cold so much more now because if he's, he's on commercials, he's on uh, he has got his podcast, he's got, movies he's doing everything he's got beer so you you see him a lot more often than you used to um at this point i don't remember him kind of being out and about as much so yeah watching him drop an f-bomb it definitely it felt like stone cold but it felt like like an like finally a page has turned and now he's able to kind of be more hardcore so it was pretty sweet yeah this came out right around uh wrestlemania 23 in detroit so he was there to induct JR into the Hall of Fame, and then he was the special referee in the big Umaga Bobby Battle Lashley of Battle of the Billionaires, where <laughs> Vince McMahon lost and, and got his head shaved, and, and our future president, Donald Trump, did not get his head shaved. So uh, that was a, an interesting footnote. And then, yeah, so that, that came out after that. Um, but let's get into it. The movie starts off, we, we see another wrestler before we see Stone Cold, Chad Cruz. Yeah, we see the uh, the great Nathan Jones. Uh, I believe he's Australian, uh, some big bastard who probably could have had a much better career in the Fed if I don't know if he had any charisma whatsoever. He's had but, a decent uh, little acting career. He was in Mad he, Max, and he's been in a few others. He really has. It's it's kind of surprising in a way because he never had much charisma in the ring. But but when you watch him doing stunt work, or you watch him as kind of a bit, uh, you know, the the main henchman in some of these films, like he does a pretty darn good job. Even that, you know, when he's getting killed by Brad Pitt in 20 seconds, he, he still looks good doing it. Yeah. And I think if I recall, you know, cause we meet him in prison 
he actually served time in this very prison that they were filming. In. <laughs> so that's a little interesting footnote, but yeah, so we, we see him and we see like some of the prison guards, like basically feeding him jobbers. It's basically what they're doing. They're, they're, they're yeah. throwing him out there in this prison yard fight. There's a film crew on hand and this footage is going back to our promoter of the condemned Ian Brickell. And it's not, it's a no brainer. He loves what he's seeing here with this giant guy, just mauling people because he'd be perfect for this concept, this pay-per-view internet pay-per-view that he's running called the condemned. Um, and the site Chad Cruz, 700 hits per minute. Could you imagine mm-hmm. if bulletproofaction.com was getting 700 hits per minute? We're close, right? Yeah, I think we're at like 699. So nice. Yeah, okay. We're so we're, there. yeah, we're on pace to get that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, I don't think we're anywhere near that, but uh, uh, it, it, it would certainly uh, I'd be patting my back like Barry Horowitz. You Yes, which you do often. Um, I do. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't dislocated. I, don't know, I got bad shoulders now, so it's harder and harder to do every yeah. every day. Yeah. And this event's going live in 22 hours. And now that's one thing I think, Ryan Campbell, and you're, you're more of our tech guy. Huh? I don't I mean, at that time was high speed internet is so reliable that that this would would have been a success i know no. internet pay-per-views were, were, were we were not where we're at now in definitely the not. World. yeah yeah i mean you could getting for one getting on a remote island like that enough uplink to link you know 80 cameras they say that they've got spread around remote crew running around even getting the signal off that island is one thing but having that you know, they, they talk about getting 40 million households like the Super Bowl, getting that many people with enough high speed Internet to be able to download and watch this 24 seven would also just be almost impossible. They would have such they would have no audience because the amount of people that had connections fast enough to even watch it. But but it's a movie. And if that's you know, if that's the sure. biggest leap we have to make. And when you watch it in 2022, again, it does. You don't even think about it because it's one of the ways that this movie is really actually pretty far ahead of its time in not only in just the the logistics of things like that, but even just the idea of battle royale. I mean, you know, battle royale, of course, came you know from some Japan, uh, some some movies and stuff over there. But nowadays, I mean, if if a video game comes out and doesn't have a battle royale built into it, it's mm-hmm. it's DOA. Just ask Halo. So I mean, they were they mm-hmm. were on it with that. that movie, this movie totally plays in 2022. Speaking of DOA and Halo, Ryan Campbell's Halo post. That's right. Not doing very well. All right. Now, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the man behind all the tech is Goldie. And we meet Goldie. He's kind of the director. Uh, and we also meet Julie, who is Ian's lady. I don't know what she's just. She's just kind of there because she's Ian's lady, I guess. Jane. She doesn't have much of a role. Yeah. yeah she's For just now. there to kind of be. Yeah. She, she'll, she'll come into play a little bit later. So, basically, the concept here is 10 participants who are on death row going to be dropped on this island in the South Pacific. Nine of them are going to be dead and the winner will be alive and get a second chance at life, not in prison. So, you know, this is an interesting concept too. And I, you know, I think people, this is one of those things you think about like, Oh, let's make use of these death row. Like kind of like when you get called for jury duty and it's like, why don't you just get all the people at the unemployment office to come down here? Because I don't want to fricking disrupt my life and day. Those people aren't doing shit anyway, have them be the jury, but it's kind of like you definitely have people who've thought, what can we do with prisoners? And we've seen it in movies too, where let's abuse the fact that these people are prisoners. 
Yeah, we're doing them a favor by dropping them on some uh, wonderful looking island in the South Pacific, right? Right. Right. It's a little, uh, you know, we we covered No Escape earlier this year. We did. And uh, they just dropped those people on the island, but they made a whole community. They weren't killing each other. And this is a fun concept. You know, this this concept will play, you know, every every decade for the rest of time because because, you know, it's interesting. We are we're all human. We all have like these weird ideas and and uh pretty awful at times but i mean how many movies have we seen that are similar to this especially in the last 10 15 years i mean there's been quite a few um and but this this seems to have jumped the gun on on the rest of the genre but it also has one thing that they don't and that's a a former wwe superstar oh yeah yeah i mean it's definitely a genre that i i think even going back to the running man and, and more modern movies like the hunt and stuff there's there's something to be said for just how openly sick we all admit we kind of are. Like if this happened in 2020, if this if this was a real thing today, I have no doubt that it would actually be pretty popular and people would watch it under the you know anonymity of the internet and nobody needing to know that they're actually watching it. That's kind of, I guess, the statement the movie's trying to make is a little bit more about what it says about us as an audience than necessarily you know the the main villain of the film. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. All right. Well, what is not fun? And as a former booker and promoter, uh, when you get that last minute opening <laughs> where somebody all of a sudden isn't going to show up, uh, that could it's be like a Wednesday night at the Sorg. <laughs> that, it, it could be a real stressful time, but I will give it. There's been many cases where sometimes that ended up being the best thing. And that's what happens here. We we lose a guy, but they got a hot tip that there's a guy in a uh, and El Salvador who could fill right in. Boom. So I, I don't know why they don't just bring him in, but they kind of have him do the whole like audition type thing too, Chad. Yeah. They're, they're bringing in prisoners. But one of the guys they bring is Jack Conrad, AKA stone cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And, and their, their initial attempt is bring to bring in an Arab. I think he says, I need an Arab, uh, right? I need an Arab. Ian, Ian you gotta, you gotta, you're appealing to the demos. You, yeah, you got he, all the different. Yeah. And just like in uh, just like in wrestling and professional wrestling, they're playing to all the stereotypes as well. You know, like I already got me a Mexican, you know, right. so we need an Arab now. So, uh, yeah, they, they attempt to bring a guy in uh, from the Middle East. And as you said, they have some sort of audition for some odd reason. And he gets he gets uh, his ass killed. So uh, surprisingly, like two, it's like some- two pieced. I'm pretty sure stone like stone cold, like two pieces, the guy and kills them. <laughs> You know, Jack Conrad is not yeah. a terrible name. No. But? But I would prefer John Conrad. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Also, no, that- funny little side note that they have to, to, to try to build up him as a heel. They make him like this KKK Southern redneck <laughs> Klansman. Yeah. And part of me is like, I'm pretty sure at least half of this country wouldn't see that as a heel nowadays. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a, a, a large segment who's like, oh, okay, here we go. I, so finally, someone I can get behind. Right. Someone There's my guy. They, they break out their, their flag and start waving. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we get uh, Jack Conrad instead of the original idea. But, again, Brickell loves it, he, and he, he makes his whole backstory up. Um, and now we're going to start meeting the rest of our, our participants. We've got uh, – McStarley, played by the one and only Vinnie Jones. It's going to be emotional. Giving it his all in this film. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was, you know, I, I remember him being at one of the pay-per-view, maybe Backlash. And you, you know, you had, you had to wonder, were they going to try something? Were they going to try to do a Vinnie Jones Stone Cold match? Uh, right. Or, or at least have them get in some physicality, be in the corner of other people or something. But that never that never happened. We also well, meet he was the, He was on something uh, back in the 90s, right? Yeah. I don't know. Was it when they were a capital, whatever the hell they had? In, uh, it could have been. Yeah, that could have been. Because he was like a footballer and I think right. he had just done snatch or something. And that, you know, he, it's going to be emotional. Yeah. I heard he, he did out. a lot of snatch yeah. when he was a footballer. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, hey. I'm not I'm not familiar with the term. And he's also in Euro Trip, uh, which is yes. a, a wonderful movie that I have not watched in a long time that I need to. Um, Scotty doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> Scotty doesn't know when the last time I watched it. Neither do I. <laughs> Uh, so we've got uh, we meet our couple, Paco and Rosa, uh, and Paco is Manu Bennett, who we talked about in the Marine. Uh, I believe. Yeah, he's r- super ripped here too. Yeah, these two have a bad time in this film. I feel <laughs> yeah, they, they, they really, well, you know. Uh, so I don't know if they were like the Mexican version of Bonnie and Clyde or what was going yeah. on down there, but uh, they're they're here together. Um, and yeah, now we, we also get Breck. Uh, Ian Brecko interviewing Jack Conrad and we find out and I didn't even know this place existed. But when he asked Jack where he's from, he's from a small town in Alaska called fuck your mama, Alaska. And I didn't even know that that was a, you know, I didn't bring out the Rand McNally to verify. Yeah. It's up in the Northeast corner. It's, it's actually really close to Russia. I think you can can see see Russia. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah is a neighbor. Um, Yeah. They could, they could see it from their porch. All right. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, now to make this all the more interesting, I suppose, or to probably prevent them from trying to escape as well. You've got, uh, these explosive ankle bracelets, which that, uh, that'd give you a negative attitude check. Cruz. Yeah. You know, you get chafing. Um, I don't wear a lot of ankle bracelets these days, but you know, uh, back in the day, back in the day, man, they were all the rage and you get some, so you got a lotion up down there and when you're on a, deserted island in the south pacific all that humidity and stuff it's really hard to keep that moisturized so yeah there's a lot of chafing there uh, not to mention the explosion that happens when right if you try to tamper with it yeah i do oh, like man. the the idea of the pull tab one being as a way like if you don't want to be in the competition how you can just end it and two as a way to kind of easily dispatch your foe but they go a little heavy on it i'm pretty sure like they three use or, it. Yeah. yeah three or four different altercations end with like that that gimmick and it's like okay we went a little heavy on the pull tabs and you know the other thing is i guess if if i guess if there was going to be a draw but there couldn't be a draw what if there are two of them because what if the husband and wife would have come down to the final two and so they just stare stare at each other i guess and i don't know maybe you blow them both up maybe uh, they blow they both blow up right go out in a blaze of glory and just do it and just blow up one halfway you know there'd be two explosions at once possibly there you go you are if you timed it right grand finale before the grand finale if you timed it right you'd be real good as soon Uh, as that count that countdown starts like yeah, I yeah. was already I was already ready. <laughs> okay. So speaking of the countdown, yeah, the timers start and everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of them are like, holy shit, you know, which you would imagine you've got a freaking explosive strapped to your leg. And now the, the thing's ticking. But Jack Conrad, dare I say, is stone cold. Mm. No. All right. Now we're yeah, in the you helicopter. Said, you said it. I mean, you said dare I say, yeah, no one Go, dared you when you, you said it. <laughs> 
I dared myself and I said it anyway. Jackass. All right. Oh, Black Betty. There you go, Black Betty. Do you know what the original song was supposed to be? Ooh, was that on the director's commentary? Where did you figure this out? It sure was. Yeah, it sure was. You could Mississippi Queen. How about this? Let's get it started in here. Let's oh, get it. I love it. With some more saliva. I listen to a lot of saliva. I, I to get love it. Ready for I this. love Let's Get It Started. I listened click, to click, that boom. earlier. No? Oh, that was a good guess. It was. Let the bodies hit the floor. Ooh, another good one. <laughs> no? It was Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. And Roses. They probably wanted too much money for that. They, yeah, they could not secure the right, so Black Betty got the nod. Um, and it's not even it like the real Black Betty. It's like no, a, it was the cover of Black Betty. Cover band, yeah, yeah. it's kind of shitty. But it, it 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 works for what it needs to do. Um, so yet they dropped the uh, the condemned to various parts of this island, uh, except the first guy. Well, I don't know if he was the very first guy, but one guy's out before it even begins, and we get a classic. Paul Kersey daughter death and this guy <laughs> just gets impaled. He's the opposite somebody. way. He's yeah. facing up, but yes, He's facing what, up. What what exactly did he get impaled on? It's like a rusty ship hull, but just like a piece just exposed. So just sit just sitting down there. Yeah, huh? just a beached ship that had rusted <laughs> away to nothing, okay. I guess. It yeah. looked like just dumb luck. Yeah. Uh, I mean he brought it on himself by acting like an idiot and just yeah. jumping, jumping around yeah. and he was a jerk. Yeah. So what he we're saying like, is uh, he reaped what he sowed. That's he right. was uh, Muhammad Hassan. That Remember that year in the Rumble when everybody just beat the yeah. shit? Oh, yeah. I remember it. I yeah. remember it. You better believe it. Okay. So we he's out. So we're already down to nine. Uh, and then our first real matchup, though, we get some intergender action, Ryan Campbell. That's right. We have... Um... Yes, do we have Yasantwa? Yasantwa, I, I guess. believe that's who, her name. Yes, yeah. Who kind of becomes one of the main of the of the nine left outside of Austin and, and of course Vinnie Jones's character. She would you say maybe she's almost number three? She makes it almost to the end and has a few kills racked up and gets yeah. some quality moments. But uh, yeah, she kills the German guy that attacks her right off the beach, and and of course everybody back in the studio is loving it and and this is kind of the first time we start to see some of the people get a little squeamish at it now that it's actually happening and you know a man kind of asserting himself on a woman but she ends up you know getting the kill and getting away and and um you know we we see our our villain kind of basking in the glory of of his you know his creation here and talking about how she's got a nice rack and everything and people are gonna love it and and just ready to go as as the as the viewers are racking up yeah she had a great, great rack. Uh, it's an interesting scene. And uh, the German, like you, you obviously know he's going to die, you know, cause he's German and everybody hates Germans. That's right. <laughs> uh, they're just meant to be hated in movies, I think. Um, and you kind of root for her at this point in the movie, because like, you know, you don't want to see her get raped by some guy. No, her best um, kills so you, coming up though. I, I'll say that. Yeah. So you're cheering for her right now, but I, I feel like throughout the movie, um, you know, we, we don't dwell on the reasons all these people are on death row. We don't need to know why they are, but, but she be, kind of becomes one of those, uh, one of the members of the, of the crew that we're rooting for throughout the film until I think her last moments. Yes. And, uh, we will obviously get there, but we also then have Conrad, Jack Conrad have his first interaction, but, uh, not any violence here. It is with, uh, Paco. 
The yeah. ripped Paco chick. Ripped, ripped Paco. Manu Bennett, yeah. He's uh he's just trying to find his wife, you know? Yeah. I don't know how he and his wife both got into this mess, but they're both there and he he's really not interested in going around killing people at this point. And he's that's probably a good move on his part because Conrad is like the ultimate killer. Um uh, but but they just kind of you know, part ways. And uh Conrad was was using you know he was saying something kind of smirky on the airplane on the helicopter so he never got a key for his shackles and uh paco does him a, does him a favor man he he hands him his key so now they have a friendship the, there you go the key to friendship literally alliances you gotta make alliances in a battle royal it's like survivor you do, you do. uh we see that there's occasional drops of like supplies food water weapons and they always and as we go on, we'll see that uh, old McStarley seems to be the beneficiary of more often than not of these. Uh, the drops. fix is in. Uh, it's a work. The whole thing's a work. And we get uh, another matchup. This one is uh, Creston Mackey versus Saiga. Um, and uh, another matchup here. So we, we kind of get our uh, martial artist. You got to have a martial artist. Right, Ryan Campbell? That's right. You got to have some flippies going on. And uh He's got his cool sunglasses from when he ripped him off the guy that was on the helicopter. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not an action movie if you don't have somebody running around doing some cool flips. And uh, this is where we can get that established. And as he continues to move on, becomes a pretty important person as he forms his uneasy, his own uneasy alliance with, uh, with Vinny Jones' character. Yeah. Yep. And actually makes it to well, what we would assume would be, you know, the final. So if we, We'll see here in a second there in a little bit, but yep. Uh, introduces kind of gives him an introduction after his brief introduction, jumping off the helicopter. Yeah. And this is one of those, uh, you know, it had been a while since I had seen it and I almost forgot that they do kind of form that Alliance. I was waiting for him to like betray him instantly, but it, no, it doesn't happen. They do actually form quite a interesting tag team there for a bit. Uh, Thunder and, and lightning. Yeah, it's, and, and it's the ultimate, uh, you know, WWE partnership too, because they're both, you know, like foreign heels. Foreign menaces, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we get, speaking of WWE, we get our WWE matchup, Chad, mm-hmm. uh, and it and uh, Nathan Jones could only wish he had a run with Stone Cold back in the day, <laughs> but we get it here. Uh, talk us through it, Chad. Yeah, I mean, we we finally get uh, Jack Conrad in action here against uh, Peter, who uh, played by Nathan Jones, and he is a big son of a bitch. And yes, and we we're introduced to him in the, the very opening scene of the film, and and I feel like I don't know, I would have used him a little differently had it been my decision. He would he would have been the one that that uh, made the alliance with McStarley uh, because we already saw we already saw how badass he was. Um, and I would have saved this fight till later in the film, but, uh, we get it now. We're lucky enough to get it now. And, and Stone Cold and Nathan Jones are two massive brawling bald men. And, uh, you know, if you're going to have a, uh, you know, put your Dukes up kind of fight in a movie, uh, these are two perfect guys to do it. And of course it ends in a way that, uh, we talked about many of the fights end in, the, in this film, which is a shame, but at least we got to see a man fall off the side of a mountain and explode. Yeah. You see, don't isn't there something though that we need to see Stone Cold beat some under talent in a way as we as we lead up to, through the movie? Because he can't go through his entire island experience not 
killing anybody because i i know we've established that he's not obviously out there to just go ahead and kill everybody so he can get yeah. free he doesn't want to have to unless he needs to he even tells tells peter you know we're gonna have a problem big man you know it looks like we're gonna have a problem so i feel like we have to at least give him something to establish that he is a threat so i, I understand like you know why we have him finish off someone that looks like a, a reasonable threat early on in the film yeah i mean it certainly makes sense when you put it that way i mean i i just feel like they introduced the film. Nathan Jones is the first thing in the movie. And he's like the first guy to die. Well, the second, second guy, guy to die, yeah. right? Yep. It just seems like a waste. I mean, he's freaking gigantic and, and uh, I don't know. What can you do, right? It's like in the Meg when they spend the first like hour of the movie chasing the Meg. And then they have it up and they're like, we caught it. And just a bigger Meg jumps out of the water and eats the one that you've spent the last hour trying to catch. Yeah, yeah I love that. That was great. <laughs> so we now find out that the FBI is quite aware of this condemned gimmick that's going on. Because, and and there's, you know, they're concerned because two of the guys in this are Americans, uh, Mackie and obviously Jack Conrad, who we find out is really Jack Riley. Oh, Jesus. Former U.S. Army Special Forces from Texas. What? More kills than anybody on that island combined. What the hell's he? How did he end up in an El Salvador prison? He should have killed Nathan Jones with a rattlesnake. What a huge mistake. I don't know if there's a lot of rattlesnakes Uh, in tropical Uh, environments. uh, Are they indigenous to the South Pacific? Dude, he could have had one. (laughs) In his boot, of course. Naturally doesn't make sense okay fbi agent wilkins reaches out to the girlfriend of one jack riley sarah the waitress oh sarah she hasn't heard she don't know what happened to jackie went one day i'm leaving for work honey and never came back because he's been in that el salvador prison um and we'll find out a little bit more about that um so now sarah's freaking out she goes to work because see people didn't have high-speed internet at their homes necessarily i do love that can i use the computer at the bar (laughs) she goes to work to use their you know because they need it so they could stream ring of honor pay-per-views and and, uh and and the condemned so we're doing that it is funny that they do at one point somehow manage to hook it up to a big screen TV, which I'm not entirely sure if that could happen at the time, but somehow they get that feed brought up on a big screen. I don't think they had a fire stick plugged into that, that big screen TV. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how that worked, but yeah, it's one of those mysteries. Uh, you know, th- again, they were ahead of their time w- with the technology. So good for them. Um, so, and now they, they see what we, we talked about earlier, the backstory. He's in the KKK. He just murders people in church or something. I don't know. He's doing horrible things. Um, yeah. And they're all like, well, that's bullshit. We know this man. Um, but do they? Oh, oh, yeah, right. So now we're back wait, on the wait, island. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> Dude, he disappears all the time for like weeks at a time. Yeah, they, don't know this guy. they didn't know. They didn't know. Yeah, his whole, they know his whole story. They know part of it. They don't know that he's in doing fricking black ops, which we don't right. know at this time either. Um, all right. So we're back on the Island and there's a beautiful reunion that has taken place. Chad Cruz. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy that Paco and Rosa were finally reunited and we get to see just the love that they pour out for one another. Uh, Rip Manu Bennett and this other girl, you know, it, putting them both on the Island was a risk because uh, you know that they love each other deeply uh, right. and you're just waiting for her to get ravaged 
by one of these monsters. Yep. And, any any uh, yeah. action movie fan knows how this thing's going to turn out. It's not good. And you know, you don't want to be in a position here where your wife's there and, and you have to kill to protect her and then potentially get killed by her in the end. Uh, so it's a bad situation for Paco and it becomes much worse when McStarley and Saiga show up and uh, they don't hold back at all. No, you talk about Ravage. They, they take care of that. They do exactly what you would think they would do and waste no time. Uh, it's not good. And this is where Julie steps in because she's seeing this and she talks to Ian and she's like, we need to, we need to call this off. Goldie's getting uncomfortable because again, this is what they signed up for. It's one thing to be, I guess killing each other, but what they're doing is, is just not necessary. Yeah. The guy getting impaled was okay, but this is a, this is a bit much. Well, I think, uh, and they kind of allude to it when she says they're humans is I think when you think of the idea on paper and you're like, yeah, the convicts, oh yeah, bad people. This is, and then you, when you well, watch yeah, and it, convicts you know, who are being sentenced to death anyway, they're going to die anyway. Yeah. Right. And then, but then when you actually do sit there and watch it and you're like, Oh no, these are human beings like you and me that are, you know, killing each, raping each other. It's, I can get, it's kind of disturbing. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, that's going on. And then next thing we know, we see Paco, he's just weeping and we don't just see him. Jack Conrad finds his, his new buddy Paco. Um, and he's, you know, I don't know that he's the best shoulder to cry on Chad Cruz, no. but that's, you know, that is what it is. But Jack Conrad with his training is special. He spotted something when they were flying over that Island and he's yeah, got a mission now. He had his head on a swivel as, as they say. And, and he noticed a tower as they were flying in and he's like, it's a big ass tower. There's gotta be some sort of radio signal that we can get out from there. And he's heading that direction. And, and you know, and he's at this point, he's like, you know, Paco, like you're kind of my friend now. You're my ally. Uh, you don't want to kill me right away. Um, but Paco's in, in a bad, bad shape. Um, he's all fucked up and his wife just got all messed up. And, I, you know, at this point, he's more of a liability than anything I would say. Yeah. And I would say the, the funny thing is you don't miss would think that. Conrad, this isn't even the worst situation he's ever been in. <laughs> I right. mean, up no. until this point, he's not sweated a single thing. He's kept his cool. And really all the way up until the very end of the film, he's just kind of going through the motions. Like this is just a walk in the park. Like not the first time this has happened, but yeah, he's on his way. He was going to radio home real quick and uh, he'll come back and get Paco later. And he also manages to jam the little GPS tracker that's on his, his uh, ankle bracelet. Um, what do you put like a, I think it was like, a, like foil maybe Wrap it aluminum foil. foil. Yeah. <laughs> like from a stick of gum. Yeah. yeah. Like slid it in there. That was pretty what? simple. Chappie Sinclair. It's like one of those like movie magic things that probably isn't yeah. in real life, but it's been used enough times that, you know, we all assume yeah. that if you just wrap a radio device in foil, it doesn't work. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Don't put foil in the microwave either folks. No, I've seen that happen. That, yeah, that is true. I don't do that. That's yeah. not a that's not a movie magic. So see, that's is that's how powerful aluminum foil is. So uh, they can't track Jack with the the tracker, but they still can pick him up on the various cameras that are around, and you kind of see him shimming on that rope. Is that what they? Is that what it's called, Chad? Sh what are they doing on that? What's he doing on that rope? Is it the shimmy? Come on now. What's the yeah, official let's, term? Let's call it shimmy. I don't know. That is not okay. <laughs> anyway, they catch him, and he's uh, and Goldie's like, uh, 
you do realize he's coming our way. So a little panic sets in because you have a, you know, because again, they don't know. They just think he's a freaking convicted killer as well. And yeah. And they don't have cameras because early in the film, Goldie had mentioned that there are dead spots because he didn't have enough yeah. time. So he's like, I don't have cameras by us. So they don't, they're going to about lose track well, yeah, well, real quick. Yeah, they would be like, yeah, what would, and why would they need it right there too? Uh, the action should be taking place. Up. So uh, this is where we get more of that uh, Jack Riley's backstory. Find out he's a black ops guy. And, and obviously, Chad, one of the risks you take when you do these black ops type things is if you get caught, we're going to say, what? We didn't know shit about it. Yeah. And, and he doesn't complain about it. You know, right. he, he's doing his time in this prison and, and he's just kind of living out his remaining days and uh, he gets, you know, grabbed up and thrown into this position. So at no point do we hear him complain about it. No, it's just, it is not. what it is. Like he's right. a, he's he the chose. ultimate professional, right? That's the life he chose. And he knew the risk going in. Um, he does get a call in to Sarah. Um, it gives her some bank info just in case, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and she's just freaking out, obviously confused as all hell because of what she's witnessing. And now she's hearing from him for the first time in years. Um, and, and then he has the idea, Hey, let me give you the coordinates of where I'm at. Doesn't get them all out though, Chad, but enough, obviously that they, they have something better to go on than just where the, what they had prior. Yeah, luckily he's able to find, you know, like the, what, the latitude, and lo- yes. the latitude and longitude, yeah. yeah, the coordinates and, and read them off just enough to where, uh, you know, she gets him to the FBI because she'd been contacted by them. So yeah, it, it all makes sense in a, in a little bit. I mean, the FBI, it, it, they're, they seem stupid in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Cause they're like, uh, we've been watching this guy. Like you and like forty million people are paying attention to it. Like <laughs> oh, it you got a credit surprised. card and can pay forty nine ninety nine. That's that yeah. reminds me of yeah. That's kind of like some Dave Meltzer reporting right there. And I'm supposed <laughs> to be impressed that the I have access to the same the thing that everybody else has. Like yeah, something obvious happens on like oh that's going to lead to a match between these two. Well, thanks, fucking Dave. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I need to pay you thirteen fucking dollars to tell me that shit, you dumb motherfucker. I've been watching this shit for years. I get it, dumb fuck. I think somebody who watched it no. for two hours would fucking understand what just happened. You robbing people of thirteen dollars, you stupid son of a bitch. All right, let's move on. Hey, so now five, five stars if it would have been the Tokyo Dome. Oh fuck him. All right. <laughs> so anyway. We get that. Now we get a little romance tease, Chad Cruz. I know you were getting excited because you thought that Rack was coming out. This is where I come in. Oh, oh yeah. Second we got, one. Yes. We got uh, Yasanto. Yeah, Yasanto. Yeah, the African chick. Uh, yeah, we finally get a little bit of a potential action here. You know, Paco and Rosa didn't, didn't, didn't quite work out. And you know, nobody wants to see a bunch of rape and shit. So, no. but, but Yasantua and Mackie are, are kind of hitting it off a little bit. Mackie's not a terrible He's a Mac guy. daddy. He gets, yeah, he's a Mac daddy. He gives a little bit of info that makes him not be as bad as we. His story sucks. This poor guy. Yeah. It's shitty. So you're kind of feeling for him a little bit. And then, but, but the, the moment she's like, let me just rub your shoulders. Like, dude, you're screwed. Like she's going to slice your throat. Like you're done for Never trust her. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you know, it turns out that I was right and that she was just in it to uh, to kill his ass. And, yeah, I don't remember his last words, but 
he's like, oh, bitch done got me again. It's a reason, like, it's <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's that's why he got caught in because some way well, he lady like turned him into the authorities for having a bunch of weed in El Salvador or whatever, which is a, apparently on the death penalty. But the best thing is, uh, this is the reason why this is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So I went back and watched it again. And if you listen real closely, motion. if you listen real closely, <laughs> while he's telling his story, you can hear like crickets and kind of animals in the background. And they kind of slowly mix the beep of his ankle thing in with like the crickets and stuff. Ah. And it slowly cranks up because your thought is like, wouldn't he hear the beep? And like right. you can literally hear it get a little bit louder. And then by the time he finally realizes like what's going on, it's a full on beep, 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 beep. It's just really clever sound editing. And a lot of effort went into that scene. <laughs> I think he had his mind on other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and I don't blame him for it because, you know, at, the, at that moment, in that place, I would have been thinking the same thing. And you'd be dead. Yeah, I would be a dead man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we now go back to our old friend Paco. <laughs> Poor Paco. He's just, it just goes from bad to worse for this man. Uh, and he's, he's now dealing with Vinny and Saiga. Uh, and they're just beating the shit out of them. Um, cut back to the production tent, and we've got Goldie, who's sick to his stomach. He's now ready to quit. Julie, of course, she's been ready to quit. Uh, so they both go to Ian. Uh, but you know, Goldie gets his ass chewed out, and uh, then be you know pulls on. I'm gonna, f- I'll finish the show. I'll finish the show. But Julie, she gets slapped for her trouble. She's just trying to save her man's soul because she sees what this is going to do to him. Like this is a lot. This is a lot of baggage to carry. Well, he's responsible for the death of, of nine people. And he keeps making the statement that like, I didn't do this. This is, you know, I didn't cause this. And like, it's just ridiculous because you literally, you know, paid millions of dollars to put this whole thing on. But his idea of just being, I just put people together and turned on cameras, but we start to find out, and th- something I seem to miss. They they make it in this scene. They talk about how apparently he fed Paco's location to Vinny and Saiga. We don't. Know, I don't think we ever actually see that. They just kind of allude to it that he told them right. where to find them. Did end, I'm just did you guys see the same thing? Yeah, because I don't yeah. have a scene where you actually see that. They just kind of go like, "You told him where to go." Right. I mean, it, it's obvious that they're you know that he's helping McStarley kind of right. get one up one up on all these people, whether it's dropping uh you know goods and, and weapons. Yeah, we find that out at the end. Yeah. Of course, yeah, they had a deal worked out toward the whole time, but so, yeah, he's not nearly as uh as impartial as he makes it seem. Right. He yeah he he had a a winner. The, the as he said earlier, the fix was in. Um, but uh, Jack now comes to Paco's rescue. His boy Paco. Um, and we get Jack versus Saiga. And of course, McStarley is going to get involved. You can't just have a fair fight out there. Not no, you're why would you? Condem- right, why would you? Exactly. There's no nothing saying you can't. Uh, so now this gets Jack. He's on the run. Uh, but he finds like a bunker. But he's not alone in that bunker, Chad Cruz. No, our, our busty friend Yasantwa <laughs> is already <laughs> in there hiding out. Yeah, and, yeah. And he's like, you know, doing his best to help her. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if he should be helping her. Um, and at the same time, Saiga and McStarley are throwing Molotov cocktails in there and we've got this massive fire in the bunker. And, but, but what's great at the same time is, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of watching this through the eyes of Goldie and, and, uh, Ian, because they're kind of 
you know, they're involved in this. They're, they're watching this action go down. They're cheering for it and they're rooting it on because, you know, their, their guys that they're pushing here at this point are, are winning. And, uh, and it's, it's good action for the, for the fans, but all the cameras just poop. They all just go out because yeah. there's massive fire. Cause they're not fireproof. Um, no. and then I don't know if she just has a, I don't know why she just gives up, but uh, Yasantua gives up basically, pulls her own tab, and uh, after all of that, <laughs> like yeah, yeah I don't it, know, did she have a, a trouble with? Like, did she feel bad for what she did? I, I don't know. To Mac, poor Mackie, or whatever got her in prison to begin with. I, what What do you think it was? It's a shame because you know she had a. At this point, her character has been shown so much. You kind of expected more from her at this point, but you know Jack finds uh not only are they in a bunker, he finds like a, a trap door or whatever. Like maybe like, drainage or something. Yes. It's something down there. So he's like, yeah, come with me. And she's just, I'm content to just explode here. Yeah. Uh, which it works out in, in Jack's favor because they think that he's dead yeah. as well. And, as, that, and know, that's probably Sarah a and combination else. of things. One being, you know, we got to get the, on the show on the road here and get yeah. probably a runtime thing, but also to cause the distraction so that everybody assumes that Jack died in the explosion, yeah. which, which I guess is kind of didn't really need because he, they throw the multiple cocktails and we see that there's like ammunition and like shells of missiles in there. So that could have caused it to explode. We didn't necessarily need her, her that's pull true. tab, but that, that, that's kind of what she does there. And, and you got to wonder too, did they really want two like women being murdered by men in the movie as well? Did they? Yeah, she but, goes out on her own terms. Yeah, she she went out on her own. So that that could have played a part of it too. But they yeah, they should have played Beyonce in the background. <laughs> All right, perhaps they should have. Welcome to this to... Women's History Month podcast of <laughs> Bullet Perfection. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it in right at the end of the month. <laughs> Cheers to you, ladies. Um, so yeah, they think Jack's gone which is the first time they're going to think Jack's gone. So now, you know, it's McStarley. He's like, okay, all right, Saiga, we're, we got to go now. But, oh, before we even get to that, Jack pops back up. So we, we resume bad. Jack versus Saiga. Uh, and then we get into Jack versus McStarley, and that is our main event. And that is where we really see that freaking <laughs> supply drop perfectly yeah. land in uh, old McStarley's favorite chat. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit, you know, because the movie has gone by at this, you know, so far, and no one has really had a, a massive advantage other than you know the alliance between Saiga and McStarley. Like everybody's been pretty much on the same page, um, and you would have thought at the beginning, like, oh, a husband and wife couple, they should be able to team up. So there's all these things that you would expect. Nathan Jones is going to be awesome; it's huge, uh, but but no one's had a massive advantage until now. The yeah. pair package drops. McStarley gets a gun. And you're like, come on, this is some horse shit. Right, and not just like a pistol either. I mean, this is... Yeah, <laughs> he's got like a shotgun and he's blasting away. I don't know where he get, he has more ammunition coming from, but uh, he's certainly firing off more rounds than, than that thing holds. But he's killing cameramen. I mean, I believe he took one of their guns. One of them had like a submachine gun. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he, the, Jack is fighting against the odds in, in in different ways. Not just like each person he's got to he's got to take down, but he's he's also fighting against you know uh, automatic weapons and shit like that. And once again, everyone thinks he's dead, but you can't kill the Texas. No, he's like yeah, he's like Jason Voorhees at this point in time. 
so we get that tease. We go to back to the bar where there's a news interview with Ian. Um, and, you know, with, that we kind of saw portions of that being filmed earlier in the film. Um, and we also find out the Navy SEALs are on their way, Chad Cruz. Oh, my God. And Ian finds this out, too. And he's like, yep, time to go. Let's go. He, he's planning on just leaving everybody. Oh, Ryan Kim. He's he's gonna leave the crew. Everybody who made this possible, he don't care. And yep. we we kind of see what kind of human being this man is. Yeah, and and Goldie immediately, you know, he's on to all this and chases them out there to the to the and confronts them about it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but Goldie's death like is extremely visceral and just gets me. I don't know if it's like the way he's like, no, 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 don't, don't please. But whatever, the way that he is killed there uh, by Baxter always just kind of get, makes me feel uneasy and uncomfortable, you know? Uh, but uh, yep. Goldie tries to cash in. He tells him he owes him all these millions of dollars and he's supposed to get 4% of the earnings and he, he's supposed to get them out of Dodge as well. They were going to all get out together. And uh, this is when, Ian truly takes that last step into full blown villain territory and is now, you know, blood is on his own hands now at this point. Do you want to have a, a moment of silence for Goldie? Yeah. Cause Goldie, man, I feel, you know, dude is just the tech guy and he's, he, he's a torn, his, his humanity is pulling in one direction, but his loyalty to his friend. And I guess, you know, his, his checkbook is pulling him the other and he gets like his throat slit for it. And just, Poor Goldie. Pour one out for Goldie tonight. I'm not pouring anything out for Goldie. <laughs> Pour out a Steve Weiser. There we go. He's just pouring it down his gullet is what Chad <laughs> Cruz is doing. Uh, so Starling now shows up. He's ready, you know, because again, Jack's dead. I won. Just like we just like we planned it. Yeah. Perfect plan. Here we go. Where's uh where's my cash though? And uh you find out Ian had uh, different ideas. Like you, you just winning and being able to survive as far as Ian was concerned was, was the prize. But old McStarley wants a little startup cash to get this new life going, Chad. Yeah. I don't blame him. You know, he was promised a pocket full of cash and, and, you know, he's done his part. He's taken out all these guys for him and he played it smartly. He made, he made the alliances. Uh, he, he, you know, he raped the women. He did what he had to do to win. <laughs> <laughs> and he put on good TV for this this maniac who wanted good TV, and he got him the ratings he wanted and the numbers he wanted, and uh, yeah, now he's looking for a little payback. Do I do I want freedom? Of course I want freedom, but I also want that money you promised me. Right, right. I mean, both men have a valid point, but on Ian's side, it's kind of stupid to just be like, oh yeah, this murdering maniac won't you right. know hold this right. against me. No, yeah, yeah, he's completely. <laughs> reasonable gentleman uh you know he's not uh we do now find out just in case you were worried that jack is not dead um he's not no he he, he did not kill the star of stone the cold stone cold oh <laughs> if only if only um, that's what this movie was missing is a scene where he somehow enters the room by jumping through like a glass plane and it just goes like yeah. and he comes uh, through yeah. i thought he would have like grabbed a beer bottle and smashed someone over the head with it or something that would have been yeah. cool yeah yeah, breaking glass and, and Stone Cold whooping ass or go hand in hand. Absolutely. Uh, Julie is now completely disgusted by Ian. Um, but uh, old McStarley, you know, he's going to he's going to make his way to the production tent. He kills the guards outside and he just starts killing people in, in the tent. Um, yeah, why not? 
Which I, yeah. I had the opposite reaction to how I felt when Goldie got killed in this scene because <laughs> mainly because it's all the production people that this whole time have been like, I love my job. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then they the the sheer terror. I mean, they're playing it up like they're just going for it, crank to eleven. But that's what these that's what these actors' job is. They're smug and they're annoying and they got their thick brimmed glasses and their bushy hair like throughout the entire film and now they're all like crying and begging for mercy so they they, they play the role that they're supposed to play absolutely perfectly yeah it, it, they're, they're like the horror movie characters that yeah. you, just, you want to see die uh like pretty much the moment you first see them on screen you're like well at least this person's gonna be dead um and, and that, that's the role they fill and as you said they did a great job of that um Jack now also has arrived here at uh, production central um, and he, you know, Ian and Baxter see him and he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, I'm straight up going to tell you guys, you are going to die at my hands. Um, Ian runs off. So Baxter is the first to uh, get what is coming to him. Uh, but fortunately for Julie, Jack shows up in time before McStarley gets to her Chad. Yeah, and you have to know McStarley at this point. He he never has good intentions when it comes to innocent people, quote unquote, and also women. So, uh, but yeah, Jack shows up just in the nick of time, and and after he killed Baxter, I feel like he probably had a little added like, like come on, baby, like he had that baby face fire going at this point because <laughs> he just showed up right at the end. Yeah, come Bump on, and baby. feed for me. Yeah, Bumblebee, baby. <laughs> Duck tune, get the fuck out of my ring. <laughs> um, so he, uh, yeah, he he took out Baxter, and then once he shows up for McStarley, like he's on at this point, uh, and there's just no chance that McStarley's going to stop him. So um, and, he has a know, great line too. It's a little anticlimactic how he just kind of shoots him in the chair, but the line at the end there that he gives is is pretty pretty classic. What was it? McStarley says something about uh, for the rest of my life or and whatever, and then Jack shoots him. And he's like, "Well, that won't be long." I don't remember the exact quote, but it was a really good line. There you go. Play so it you, back. Yeah, you, you 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 build it up, and then you don't give us it. Come on now. What a tease! What a tease! <laughs> You're like well, a, you know the movie's on IMDb TV for free, so everyone can check it out and enjoy. That's what could have been one of the reasons why this was picked. Uh, or at least definitely was one of the reasons it was on the poll. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we get we get rid of McStarley. So now there's only one man left. And once again, yeah. old Jack gets help with the key. He didn't have the key for the ankle oh bracelet, but Julie had the key, Chad. And Julie did, had this. She did, had that little weird looking key. Where did that? Who had that earlier? I, I don't. I think it was Baxter had it. Because Baxter okay. was the one who put all those ankle bracelets on him. Okay. Yeah, I would assume it would have been Baxter because he's the one who activated them all when they're in feel- the, the first scene, and he explains how the things work. Okay. I feel like Ian had it. Did he give it to McStarley at some point? I'm, I'm sure they had more than one key, right? Right. I would assume there was probably more. Yeah. Than no, one. Ian took McStarley's ankle yeah. bracelet off when he first arrived, and they have their right. money conversation. Right. So, yeah, so we, yeah, we do get this cool scene. So Julie finally proves her worth, you know, not only, I mean, she's kind of been, uh, been just there for most of the film, just being like slowly getting more and more disgusted at Ian. And she kind of has to be though, because if we're, if we're going to be sympathetic for her, we can't, she can't be like all completely all in at the beginning of the film. So she's just, of course she has to just kind of be there somewhat unwillingly. Right. And, and 
she seems like one of those people who, you know, the, like you said, on paper, the idea of this sounds great. And then as it starts to happen, you slowly realize like, oh my God, these are actual people. It's happening. And then at the, you know, at this point in the film, uh, Jack just keeps showing up, but you know what? We forgot about that 30 hour time limit mm-hmm. is approaching. And uh, so the key means even more at this point. And uh, how do you finish off your action film? With a fucking exploding helicopter. And a pretty accurate, like this might be one of the more accurate exploding helicopter scenes in action movies. It was good. It just kind of like ignites the inside of the helicopter. It doesn't entirely blow up. And then it just careens and crashes into the, the rock face on the side, which is a pretty accurate. I would, I'm not, I'm, I've never seen a helicopter explode, but I would assume instead of it just being the traditional action movie, one giant fireball, and we assume that everything's eviscerated at the inside, it's kind right. of a like, internal and then obviously since everything inside is blown up the helicopter kind of just lustily crashes into the wall to the side so that's a pretty good uh, exploding helicopter scene i would say absolutely and, and you know for more on exploding helicopters you could visit our friend will at explodinghelicopter.com he, he covers them all he covers them all he knows it. and he i'm sure he loves this one too because like you said this is you un- it looks unique like it looks different when you see it yeah this is up there with like sudden death as, as one of the memorable uh, helicopter cliffhangers. It's not quite as memorable as the helicopter delivery furniture service helicopter from uh, Buckaroo <laughs> Bonsai, but it's up there. There, there. I'm glad we got that reference. <laughs> so yeah, we get the exploding helicopter. Jack returns home to Texas. Cue the Nickelback and oh, here. Show me what it's like. <laughs> and there Teach you go. me wrong and right, Brain. And there you go. And and there you go. The condemned Chad Cruz, your final condemned thoughts. Well, you know, I thought about this movie quite a bit recently and, and there's really one thing that I've learned from this film and it's, you can't trust women. All right. There, there's one takeaway. Ryan Campbell, did you learn anything? Um, Stone Cold's a badass, which I guess I already knew, but you know, it's always good to have that reinforced, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I would say this is one of those films where at least, you know, every year, year or two, I pop it in and watch it. I I, I like it, and yeah, you know, I like a. It's an easy watch. It's a quick watch. I think it's less than an hour and a half. It's like a pretty quick watch. So it's a it's a fun flick, and you know, uh, good for Austin. He did a few more movies after this, but I don't know if anything that, where he was quite the leading man like he is in this. But uh, uh, it's a classic film. Yeah, and it was fitting that the Condemned did win uh, because Stone Cold will be returning. Our audience is very smart when it comes to that. I'm glad that they they picked the right one. And this movie's almost two hours is what I was going to get to as well. Ryan Campbell, it was an hour and 53 minutes, but that's all right. That's all right. It's It's a quick watch then. It it feels like less, which is good. That's good. Yeah, that's what you want. You don't want to feel every minute of a movie. But yeah, Stone Cold returning to WrestleMania this Saturday uh, on Peacock. If you're so inclined to check it out, if it's been a while since you've seen Stone Cold in action, which it would be because he hasn't been in the ring for 19 years and he'll be back in some form getting into some action. And I'm looking forward to that. And so, yeah, thank you, Bulletproof uh, Action Fanatics, for picking The Condemned so we could kind of preview old Stone Cold in action. And again, oh, one of Chaos bit on Raw where he pretended to be Stone Cold was so good. <laughs> Yeah, well, I went back good. and watched it earlier. And I was cackling the entire time. He played it perfectly. The crowd was, 
the the oh, oh yeah. my god shots the crowd like the 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 repackaged version where they showed cr- audience reactions to the glass break ah beautiful stuff way to go yep chicago bought it hook line and sinker and that's exactly what you do twice that, that's the that's the magic of wrestling when you you can hook the audience and and uh and they they did it on that evening and i i hope they do it the next well two evenings with the wrestlemania two night stupendous two nights of wrestling action. All right. So again, we want to remind everybody to follow us on social media at Bulletproof pod on Twitter at Bulletproof action on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, Chad, we always want them to check out the website, which of course, Oh, Chad Cruz, I think has stepped away for a moment. So I'll talk about it. Bulletproofaction.com. Something new each and every day. I know Ryan Campbell, you've got, uh, You've got some stuff coming up here. Yeah, I'm going to be getting pretty busy here now. We've had a little bit of a lull when it comes to, you know, the kind of Marvel Star Wars stuff that I typically cover. But we have Moon Knight coming up here uh, towards the end of the month. Um, And then we're going to be leading right into Obi-Wan Kenobi and May, which I am super hyped for. I'm going to be all over that. I'll tell you what, I I saw the uh, trailer for that. And, yeah, I haven't watched, I didn't watch uh, The Mandalorian yet, any of that. I didn't watch Boba Fett. I don't know. This one uh, might finally be the one that gets me to watch. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the director, Deborah Cho, who's doing the entire series, some of her Mandalorian episodes are some of the, the best ones when it comes to like character moments. So I'm really excited for her. And then, you know, obviously that's going to lead us directly into summer where we start hitting blockbusters and other shows and everything else going on. So it's going to start picking up for me here soon. Well, thank God, because I'm sick of doing all the work. Um, and I guess I'll keep doing Halo. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, Halo, I wouldn't blame you if you said you're done with it already. That's, you know, it, it is what it is. So, you know, the, but there's plenty going on at all times. I know I've got a uh, little Albert Pune action planned for April. I know uh, some people love that. Some people hate it, but th- that's all right. And uh, yeah, you never I hope know. It's not Nemesis. It is not Nemesis, but okay. uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer celebrating 40th anniversary in april so that i am excited for we are, we are going to be doing a little something with that uh chad cruz i know you're uh working on something a top secret bulletproof action project right now that i'm sure we'll be talking about more yes in the future so you're doing that uh, i do want to mention that i will be on the sports book with nick and geo talking wrestlemania predictions this week so i'm sure i'll tweet that out um in case you're interested in what i have to say about the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in the history of the planet Earth. And Chad Cruz, do you know what we're going to do next time right here on the Bulletproof Podcast? I feel lucky. I will say that. Do you? That's right. And we might make somebody's day because we're going to be talking some Dirty Harry next time right here on the Bulletproof. We've never done a Clint Eastwood movie. I was going to say, I've never done Dirty Harry. So we are going to correct that problem with our very next episode. Uh, any final words, Chad Cruz? Yeah. You know, I, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. I, I love when we do these, uh, these kind of gimmick episodes, you know, and, and every year around WrestleMania, we try to do a wrestling, uh, theme podcast. And, and I think this is probably my favorite one to date. So. Yeah. And I'm wrestling something that's all near and dear to all of our hearts. If, if you don't know the way, the way we all three of us met is through wrestling. So it's, right. it's, uh, something really important to all of us. And it's always fun when we can kind of combine the two worlds together. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. 
Remo, thank you for chiming in. And thank you all for listening to the Bulletproof Podcast. And as always, stay tuned for more. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 